In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda under www.cinda.org. But we don't only bring you thought leaders from all over the world. We also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, uh, transitions, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series on any podcast from any podcast platform and listen to us live. We're on every Tuesday, 3 p.m. specific time. And I invite you to connect with me. Please send me your thoughts, your insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Now, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless of your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to what we're going to talk about today. You know, in the old days, there used to be two kinds of marketing, online marketing and offline marketing. And then in the explosion of digital happened, and now there are over 41 different kinds of marketing happening on all kinds of platforms. So building a marketing strategy is critical, and laying out a plan has to make sure that it's done correctly so that you can reach a target audiences and get them to purchase your products and services. But developing an effective marketing strategy takes time and expertise, and sometimes businesses just don't know how to do it. But there are essential elements that need to be in a strategy, and today we're going to talk about marketing strategies and how they are similar or different in various market segments and what kind of marketing is most effective. And our guest today is an expert in this area. J.P. Clement is the CEO of Boomtime, and he has over 30 years experience in marketing, digital strategy, and product management for companies ranging from startups to global brands such as Madison Square Garden, General Mills, Johnson & Johnson, and National Geographic. J.P. has worked for or helped companies in both the B2C and B2B sectors. And he founded three digital strategy and marketing agencies after working many years on the corporate side of marketing. JP's passions are analytics, digital products, and creating the right strategy at the right time for the right audience. So JP, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Kimberly. Yeah. So uh, let's kind of start out with the the, the the basic question. I mean, you know, people talk about marketing strategies. I mean, what are the essential elements in a market strategy? Well, um, uh, no, uh, marketing strategy first, uh, at, at least as far as I'm concerned, and in my experience, starts with um, a discovery period where, you know, you need to do your research, you need to look at the facts, you need to look at the analytics, you need to look at the research that, has, that might have been done, primary or secondary research, uh, so you know exactly what your target market um, uh, needs, uh, what how they behave, uh, and how you can change that behavior to uh, for them to purchase uh, or, uh, you know, uh, your services or uh, products or offer any kind of offering that, that you have. Um, so t- for me, it starts with a discovery period, um, which is 
really critical and that a lot of companies actually skip uh, because they think that they know what their market is like. And in a lot of cases, uh, at, at least in my experience, they're not necessarily right. Um, and so that's that's a really critical part. Uh, and then you have a kind of, um, you know, like a definition, what we call it, or a design period um, uh, part of your strategy development uh, where you do all the thinking, you do, uh, you know, you you try different things, you, um, you know, in terms of, you, you know, your uh, thinking process, look at the possibilities and what you, what you should be doing and the different tools at your disposition. Um, and, uh, you, you know, that's where also where you, where you set your KPIs, your key performance indices, which is critical to, you know, if you don't set KPIs uh, in that phase, you will never know how well your uh, campaign is doing and your strategy is working. Um, so, very critical to uh, to take that step as well, um, and then after that, uh, there comes the actual you know implementation phase uh, of your strategy. So putting together uh, you you put together your strategy, and now you're implementing it um, and tracking it and monitoring it. Um, so those are the key steps that I think need to be taken. Uh, you know, at a very uh, top level. Yeah. And, and when you talk about, you know, the discovery phase, JP, um, you know, that takes a lot of resources. So I can see I can see where, you know, enterprises, you know, they have they have a lot of resources and maybe SMBs or SMEs, you know, small, medium businesses don't. Um, so you said sometimes people skip that. I mean, how, what's the difference in this approach between a, uh, an enterprise as they go into this discovery and a, and a small or medium business? Well, yeah, I think you put your uh, you, you put your finger on the issue here. Is is that uh, that discovery phase? You know, uh, might might involve some serious expenses. Um, and I've worked for large companies, uh, you, you know, that had the the means and the resources to uh, to to do that discovery phase and and do it well. But um, the beauty of the internet and uh, the age that we live in is, is that it's really democratized um, a, a lot of that um, research and, and uh, fact-finding uh, portion of strategy. So, you know, there are a lot of free tools on the internet that allow you to find uh, a lot of information that uh, can help you uh, um you know, set up your strategy in the in the right way, um, and and there are also tools that have been, you know, that before were available only to large enterprises um, that because they were so expensive and they had to be done uh, in a very manual way or labor intensive way that um, today are not like for instance uh, market research right uh, primary research, um, you know, you can do very inexpensive, uh, very thorough research um, on the internet with. Uh, SurveyMonkey, for instance, um, and I, I recommend uh, to small and medium-sized businesses um, that we work with that that they do in some cases. And you can do something that would have cost probably twenty, thirty thousand uh, dollars ten ten years ago now costs you know maybe a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars. And the difference that it can make for your um, strategy development is 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 huge. So uh, you know that that in a lot of cases it's worth investing a little bit of money in something that's going to drive, you know, big, uh, big returns in terms of the quality of your strategy. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, this scope and this discovery pay, uh, this discovery phase. Um, you know, both SMBs can do that, and they have to do it, and and, and enterprises. And what about um, the difference in the discovery between B two C and B two B? Is there a different approach if you're a B two B enterprise as opposed to a B two C? Yeah, a little bit in the sense that most B two B companies uh, have a, a relatively small addressable market, and maybe one that is not necessarily that easy to uh, to find data uh, about on the internet. Uh, it's much easier, of course, to find consumer data for B two C companies than it is for B two B companies. That's why you know things like actual research and uh, talking to your target market one on one almost. Most is 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 important, and again, you, you know that does not necessarily have to be uh, expensive, but it definitely mm-hmm. takes time. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and just moving on a little bit after you get out of this discovery, you talked about design, and um, I, I I remember in the old days, you know, there's there's all kinds of marketing techniques, inbound, outbound, you know, upside down, inside out. You know, when you start to design it, how do you know which one's more effective for you? 
Yeah, so that's that's where um, you know uh, hiring a, an agency uh, or a consultant really makes sense because you know the the uh, especially if you don't have a ton of experience in your company uh, with digital marketing, uh, digital marketing as you mentioned as you know has dozens literally of uh, different sub. Uh, techniques or tactics and uh, it's very very hard to really figure out you know what combination of tactics makes the most sense so it's and typically that's based on experience Um, so if you if your in-house team doesn't have a lot of experience that's where you know uh, people like uh, my company you know boom time uh, comes in you know we we have done that for you know, dozens and if not hundreds of, of clients over the years, and we know what specific tactics work best. Um, and we have all kinds of data to, you know, to show us what does work and what, what doesn't work. Um, so, you know, I'm giving you a kind of a little bit of a wishy-washy answer here, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's... Um, yeah, you know, um, in the good old days when I started doing marketing, you could do only uh, like a small handful of things. Um, and now today it's it's very daunting. You know, there's a lot of, uh, of uh, tactics out there. But also for each tactic, there's probably, uh, you know, dozens or, uh, you know, of companies or off-the-shelf products or agencies that specialize in that little, you know, sub-segment of uh, digital marketing. Uh, so it becomes even more difficult. Um but you know, uh, you know, the good thing too is that again, there's a lot of research on the internet and a lot of studies that are free and published, and uh, a lot, a lot of great blogs that can help you navigate um, those uh, pretty troubled waters uh, of digital marketing. And so I also, you know, again, as part of the discovery, uh, I mean, you can go back to to discovery and and look for. Uh, you know, for a specific situation, your market, uh, the type of company you are, you are uh, what por- part of the life cycle in your company you are too, which is important. You know, you can figure out what the best tools are. Yeah. And are there, you know, when you're figuring out the best tools, are there certain ones that are more scalable than other ones? Um, yeah, definitely. But, you know, in general, uh, they tend to be pretty scalable. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, you know, again, I think that's um, that's what something that differentiates you know B two B companies versus B two C companies um, is this uh, you know the fact that for if, if you're a B two C company, you have to find tools that you know uh, can scale, obviously. Um, but you know, uh, there's also a lot of tools that cut across uh, between B two B and B two C that you can use for uh, for for both. But you know. Um, most, I would say, most tools are are scalable in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Okay, and 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 automation has has brought things forward, also, hasn't it, JP? So a lot of these tools are automated. Yeah, um, so a lot of these tools can save you uh, quite a bit of resources. Um, but you know, but I would caution a little bit, um, not because I'm an old school marketer, but I'm not. But um, some of these, you know, I think some of these mar- uh, automated marketing tools work best uh, only uh, when you have, uh, you know, the scale uh, to actually um, make them work and, and also uh, some seriously um, strong support to make sure that they're set up properly. Um, those tools work very well, but they're also very complex and, uh, you know, typically not something that you sh- would have in your um, company in terms of um, expertise. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's typical behind any kind of AI. It has to, you know, be set up by the humans in order to be effective. So, yes, um, exactly. exactly. So, uh, JP, we're going to take a short break. Uh-huh. Um, and when we come back, I want to kind of talk about some of the channels and look at some of the different channels that are out there, like, you know, from and uh, social media content, influencer marketing, um, you know, what's going on in, in those different channels. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners, we are talking to JP Clement, and he's the CEO of Boom Time. And he has over 30 years of experience in marketing, digital strategy, and product management for companies ranging from startups to global brands such as Madison Square Garden, General Mills, and Johnson & Johnson. And he works to help companies in both
both B2B and B2C sectors and has founded three digital strategy and marketing agencies after working many years in the corporate sector. And if you'd like to learn more about Boomtime, you can go to their website, www.boomtime.com. And they are also on Facebook under Boomtime Online and on Twitter under Boomtime Online. And if you'd like to get hold of JP, then he is on LinkedIn under JP Clement. And please reach out to him for more information. Now, this series is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, market research, legislative white papers focused on digital. So if you'd like to learn more about Cinda, uh, go to www.cinda.org for more information. And each month, Cinda holds online learning series on every Thursday at 1700 Central European time. And they also hold live conferences. And the next one is planned in Berlin in October 2021. So please go learn more about Cinda under www.cinda.org. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Partner Up with Amy Carroll focuses on getting more of what you want and need more easily with less difficulty. While this applies to business, it can be used for just about everything from relationships to leadership. You'll hear stories and tips to uplevel your communication and mindset, to gain confidence and inspire action by making your partner look good, conflicts dissolve, and results improve. Partner Up with Amy Carroll is heard every Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time on Voice America Business. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Tune in each week for the Labenthal Report with hosts Dominic Tavella and Michael Hartzman. The Labenthal Report keeps you in tune with market conditions, investment opportunities, and outlooks based on the stories and headlines to keep you in touch with your financial success. Are you picking the right financial path? Find out by listening to The Labenthal Report live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about marketing and marketing strategies. And we're talking with J.P. Clement. He's the CEO of Boomtime and has over 30 years of experience in marketing, digital strategy, and product management. And he's worked with companies, global brands such as Madison Square Garden, General Mills, Johnson Johnson, National Geographic. And JP has great insights into how to help both enterprises and SMBs and both the B2B and the B2B-C sector be successful in their marketing strategies. So, JP, before the break, um, you know, we, we, we started talking about design and we're talking about, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the different channels that are out there. And so I'd like to kind of drill down that a little bit more. And, and I'm going to start with, you know, what's on every the, what's on everybody's tongue, social media, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, different companies and different sectors embrace social media in different ways. So what are the different kinds of approaches? How do you look at social media? Well, um, we look at it very, and I look at it very, uh, in a very clear uh, definition or um 
you, you know, a delineation between B2B and B2C. Um, you know, for B2B companies, uh, in most cases, the vast majority of uh, cases, uh, there is only one social media channel that's, that makes any kind of sense, and that's LinkedIn. Um, for our B2B client, we use LinkedIn extensively. Uh, we, especially uh, after the pandemic uh, hit, you know, LinkedIn became basically the, uh, what we call a virtual trade show, right? Uh, instead mm-hmm. of being able to go to an actual trade show, you go on LinkedIn and you try to find people, you, you do seminars uh, on LinkedIn, you do, uh, you know, all kinds of things like that uh, to connect with uh, and generate the kind of leads that, yeah, you, could, you can generate any longer at trade shows and conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, so LinkedIn for B2B, it's really a, an amazing tool. Um, uh, I highly recommend it. You can have a lot of success there. And we have actually generated a lot of success for our, our B2B clients. Uh, for B2C, you know, uh, the... Uh, what I always tell our clients and uh, and the companies I worked with before is that you know you need to understand what your uh, where your target market is, how they uh, behave, where they congregate, um, and you need to talk to them uh, about your products and your services in a way that makes sense uh, on social media. So if you have a product or a service that lends itself very well to uh, very visual kind of representations, uh, then of course, something like Instagram is great. you know, um, if it's something that, you know, you need to do uh, a lot of, uh, you know, have a lot of uh, quick bites of information, Twitter is great. Um, you know, uh, and also I tell them to look at how um, uh, how easy it is to market on these different channels. Um, so Facebook started uh, really well, but they've also in the past uh few couple of years, let's say, uh, put a lot of, you know, impediments uh, in the way of doing um, marketing on on Facebook for companies, uh, just, you know, to be very blunt, out of, uh, you know, the need to generate as much money as possible for mm-hmm. themselves. Um, so Facebook used to be a great tool. We don't recommend it as much because it's been, it's become very expensive actually to market on, on Facebook. Um, it can be very efficient, uh, but at the same time, it's also pretty pricey. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, um, so uh, places like Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and other social networks have really uh, taken over. And but the the thing about social media is also you have to stay on top of it in the sense that you have to have either the team in house or an agency or you know freelancers or someone that can actually manage that um, that process of uh, existing as a company on those social media channels and communicating. Um, because it's not just about advertising, right? You can do a lot of uh, free, um, you know, generate a lot of free uh, uh, awareness and, and, and word of mouth via uh, your posting. But at the same time, it's, it's a very intensive, um, intensive mm-hmm. endeavor. And uh, you have to make sure that you have the right resources to be able to uh, do that. Uh, for instance, I mean, the, the recommended um, posting uh, frequency on Twitter is uh, 12 to 13 posts a day. Oh wow! <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, on on Instagram, it's one, right? Mm-hmm. On uh, per per day, and and so on. So, you know, it's something that you can't really jump into, um, you know, blindly, and something that you have to plan as well and stra- and strategize on. But um, you have to realize that it can work; it can be very effective. Uh, but at the same time, it's also uh, something that you shouldn't, you know, discount in mm-hmm. terms of uh, the amount of resources that needs to be put behind it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have another question now. I'm going to come back to the B2B and LinkedIn in a minute. But uh, on, on, the, on the, the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, I've, I've heard complaints from companies, not necessarily on Instagram, but on Facebook and Twitter that, that you know, it's, it's great to build a brand, but not really to sell a product. I mean, what's your comment on that? Um, yeah, actually, I would tend to agree with that statement. Um, it's... Um, yeah, it hasn't really worked very very well from an e-commerce standpoint, for instance. Or, but it can be still a very good. Uh, it's a great way to to brand yourself for sure, um, and also to do customer service, which some people forget. That uh, it's a really great tool to do customer to to do really uh, efficient and powerful customer service, um, and also um, you know, it, depending on what your business is, it could be a great source of leads. Um, so you know or 
you know, to generate some interest in your customers. But yeah, in terms of generating direct sales, not the greatest tools. Mm-hmm. And one, one other thing that I wanted to mention is that the social media world is also very fa- pretty fast moving um, and there's always a new uh, social media channel that uh, that pops up, you know, at pretty regular <laughs> intervals. So right now it's Clubhouse, you know, um, the audio uh, social uh, network. Yeah. Um, and then you have TikTok, of course, you know, where some people are trying to figure out how to, how to market on, on TikTok and and, uh, and and so on. So, um, you know, it's also a world where you have to stay on top of things because your target market might be moving from one um, social media channel to another one and you might not realize that so uh yeah yeah it's um, again very effective but also a lot of work and And, and if you're i mean if you're an enterprise you probably have a team of a team sitting in there or you have an agency but if you're an smb you you really need to get some help because smbs should be focusing on their product and services not spending you know posting 12 twitter posts a day <laughs> yeah exactly and, and this is why you know you really have to figure out your strategy first and realize and figure out you know what channels make sense uh, how how much it's going to cost you in terms of resources time money uh, to actually manage those different channels. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah makes sense. So, so jumping back to LinkedIn and B two B, you know, it, it you said kind of this is the virtual trade show, and you're right, and uh, and we see that a lot, but but it's driven by content. So you know, and I mean, almost everything's driven by content. But how important is is content in something like LinkedIn? Very. Um, that's a short answer. Yeah. Uh, it's very critical. Uh, so content, uh, and not just for LinkedIn, it's the same for Instagram and for mm-hmm. Facebook and for Twitter. Content is is uh, the kind of the the, uh, the the rock that you know is the foundation of of your a lot of your digital marketing, and this is why at Boomtime actually we do we most of our campaigns are you know uh, based around content. Uh, we we generate a lot of content for our, our clients, um, and. Uh, because that content is what is going to generate that word of mouth and that virality and what's going to generate the interest and the consideration um, and the awareness in some cases you, you know I'm, I'm going the, I'm going down the uh, the marketing funnel here um, but uh, this is what you know content is uh, it should be pretty much the centerpiece of, of your digital marketing mm-hmm. in a lot of and respects what, and what constitutes good content <laughs> well, uh, you know, um, the billion-dollar question, I, right? <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. You know, if I knew, I probably would be even more successful. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, you know, content again. You know, it's part of a. You know, your content should be informed by by, by your strategy and your knowledge of um, what your target market's needs and challenges are. Uh, what you know, how they think, how they act, so you can talk to them in the right way. It's it also. It, is informed by by your brand. No, your your content should be a perfect representation of your brand in terms of you know if if it's a you know if it's visual content then you know it should look like your brand. If it's written content, it should sound like your brand. Um, and um, so it, you know good good content has to be perfectly aligned with your brand, with your target market. Uh, you know characteristics, um, and with your strategy, in the sense that you know it needs to. You know the the whole role of marketing is to change behaviors, mm-hmm. um, and so your content has to do that. And um, so uh, you, you know uh, it, it has to check all these boxes. Uh, and the way you say, okay, is my content working? Is you look at the numbers, you look at the analytics, and, and what it's doing, uh, and then you can pretty fast uh, tell you know whether your content's working or not, and whether it's good content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and what about when you're doing this content, JP? What about storytelling? I mean, there's a lot of hype around. You know, your content has to tell a story. How important is that? Uh, I 100% subscribe to that uh, to that view. Uh, you know, your content. You know, we tell story. I mean, it's not necessarily each piece of content has to generate a story, but your whole content marketing uh, effort has to tell stories. Um, and you know, I, I actually I take it all the way down to. Um, to how we represent analytics to our customers, uh, you know, we want, I want our analytic 
reports to tell a story. I just don't want them to be a bunch of charts and numbers. They have to tell the story. And it's the same for the content. Um, you know, it has, uh, you know, storytelling is, uh, is what, um, what influences people and motivates people and what keeps their interest and their, uh, their attention. Um, you know, if you're not telling a story, um, well, first you have to have a story to tell, obviously, but if you're not telling yeah. that, uh, that's, that story, um, you're missing a big uh, part of what's going to drive your target market to do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, with the storytelling, um, quick before the break, uh, just another question, you know, this, the, the, the influencer marketing and people telling stories for your company. I mean, is, is that effective in every channel or is influencer marketing only effective in, in certain market segments? Um, you know, it seems like the, there's a ton out there. What's going on with that? <laughs> so as, uh, just quick, uh, quick story. I, I I have been doing influencer marketing since before it was called influencer marketing. <laughs> uh, so I I am a big believer, but it's changed dramatically in the past. I would say ten years um, uh, to the point where it's become a whole industry in, in and of itself. And now there are like AI off the shelf packages that you can buy, you, you know, to help you do uh, you know influencer marketing and find the right influencers and everything. It used to be much more manual before. Um, so it it does work, but it's become so uh, commoditized in a weird way that, you know, it's, I think it's lost a little bit of its impact. Um, and also you have to be careful in some industries or some, some target markets that you're uh, going after, you know, uh, you have to be very careful about how influencer marketing works. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, because in some cases, you know, uh, I mean, it's been studied before, there's like studies every year coming out that show that, um paid influencer marketing. So people that you know you, uh, you are paying um, and so forth and celebrities and stuff like that do not work anywhere near as well as uh, peers that that your target market can, can um, identify with. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, uh, we, we could talk about this for hours. <laughs> literally, I, but, no, uh, I, 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 can, I can imagine that, you know, that because, you know, I'm going to listen to my friend more than I'm going to listen to a, a television star or something, you know, because I'm not going to be them but um anyways we're gonna we're gonna take another short break jp and when we come back i want to move on to you know probably one of the most important parts of marketing um but also sometimes the parts that people think are boring on kpis and and measurement and roi okay and we'll talk about that after the break and for our listeners we are speaking with jp clement and he is the ceo of boom time and he has over 30 years experience in marketing digital strategy worked with companies brands such as Madison Square Garden, General Mills, Johnson Johnson, and National Geographic. And he has an agency, and you can look up his agency under www.boomtime.com. And Boom Time is also on Facebook under Boom Time Online and on Twitter under Boom Time Online. And if you'd like to reach out to JP, you can reach out to him on LinkedIn under JP Clement. And if you'd like to contact me, Kimberly Lewis, your host, please send me emails to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, market research, and does legislative white papers on digital. And you can learn more about Cinda and becoming a member in Cinda at www.cinda.org. Cinda also plans a live conference in Berlin in October 2021. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Think about your last year. Have you, like many, faced some unique challenges? COVID-19, work stress, political differences, not spending time with friends and family. Where do we get a break? Listen for Resilience and You with host Beth Page. In this program, we explore resilience, what to do to become resilient, and how to take a whole new look at our lives. This helps to manage stress and enhance the skills we need to lead and succeed. Tune in Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 35 years of expertise covering multiple asset classes to be bluntly and openly discussed by Troy Ecker. The program is Tangible Assets for Tangible Results. Troy will dig deep, provide insight, and give his listeners real takeaway value from his own experiences and inside secrets he's learned. No nonsense, real life experiences, and a man of broad expertise will tackle asset classes you can see, touch, kick, and feel. Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Talking with the Texan. Worth your time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today, we're telling you we're talking about the world of marketing um, from both the B2B side to the B2C side. Um, you know, there's so much going on today in marketing, and it can be so confusing. Um, and we're talking to an expert who is trying to help us make it a little less confusing. And our guest is J.P. Clement, and he's the CEO of Boom Time, a great agency. Um, and and he has over 30 years experience in marketing, digital strategy, and project product management for companies such as Madison Square Garden, General Mills, Johnson Johnson, and National Geographic. So, JP, you know, we were kind of talking about the channels before the break. Um, but it's not just about channels. I mean, the, the important part, you know, and the part behind the scenes is marketing is about data, okay? And it sounds boring, but, you know, how... You talked about the third aspect in in doing a good marketing strategy is KPIs. So, talk to can you talk to us about data? Why is it so important? Well, um, in the uh, in the semi immortal wor- words of one of my uh, mentors uh, in marketing, um, uh, uh, he told me, "Look, you know, if you cannot measure it, you cannot manage it." Um, and to me, that kind of encapsulates exactly what data and analytics is is all about. You know, how are you going to know that? You know whether your marketing campaign is working uh, or your strategy is the right strategy if you cannot look at numbers and facts that tell you, you know. Yes, it is working or it's not working. And if you don't set targets, you know, you'll never be able to say, oh, okay, I'm, I'm meeting those targets and therefore I'm doing well or I'm not meeting these targets and I should be looking into what I'm doing and what's working and, and, and not working. So, you, you know, um, analytics uh, to me are um, you know, not only a tool that allows you to, to to look at what you're doing, but it's also, it's, it's a barometer. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a way of thinking about things. And uh, so there is a lot of things about analytics that are really critical to any kind of uh, marketing campaign. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, again, if, if you don't, uh, if you don't measure it, you, you're not going to be able to manage it. Mm-hmm. And, and you talked about, you know, as the third phase of, uh, you know, is setting these KPIs. Can you give an mm-hmm. example of what a KPI would look like just um, in a marketing strategy? Yeah, definitely. So it's going to be, uh, uh, again, very different by type of campaign and by and what you decide to do. But KPIs are based on your objectives uh, and how to, and uh, there are a, again, it's, you know, when you, you uh, uh, you know, it's like looking at the weather, right? And you know, you, and what measurements are you are you good, are going to be able to tell you whether the weather is good or not, right? Bar, mm-hmm. bar, barometric pressure, temperature, uh, wind speed, those kinds of things, right? It's the same for marketing campaigns. It's like, okay, what are those numbers? What what are the those data points that are going to 
tell me whether I'm doing well or not. So for some of our clients, it could be a conversion rate, right? Uh, conversion rate also can be very different. It could be a, an e-commerce conversion rate. So from how many people come to my website to buy something and uh, how many actually do buy, um, you know, it, it could be a cost per acquisition. Um, so you're doing a marketing campaign and you're trying to acquire leads or clients and, you know, you have to look at uh, your CPA cost per acquisition. It could be just traffic to your website or um, it could be uh, engagement on the social media uh, campaign. Um, it, so they're very, very different, but, you know, there is a, 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 there's a lot of them out there and you just have to match the right KPI with your objectives and the type of marketing campaigns that you are embarking upon. Yeah, and, and I can imagine in the enterprise world, of course, you know, there again, when you have resources and, and actually you're justifying budgets a lot more in the enterprise world, you know, that they have a, a slew of people, you know, looking at KT, KPIs. Um, but, you know, our sponsor, Cinda, which is European Association, did some market research in Europe um, on web presence, and they showed that only... 28% of the small and medium businesses use something like Google Analytics. Do you think it's because when you're a small and medium, you might not understand the importance of KPIs or is it, or is it too complicated to, to be able to set them and read them? Yeah, so uh, just a little aside, that's a shocking number <laughs> to me. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, the great thing about uh, Google Analytics, it's free, <laughs> you know, um, and it's very, very powerful. But uh, the downside of it, which I think is why a lot of these companies do not use um, uh, Google Analytics, is that it's... Uh, like digital marketing can be a little bit overwhelming. There's a lot of stuff going on in Google, Google Analytics. And as uh, someone who's probably you know, more worried about running a small business or medium-sized business and doing a lot of different things, you know, figuring out what those numbers uh, mean, uh, what they should be, uh, how they uh, move um, is is pretty daunting too. Um, and I think that's why a lot of these companies don't um, don't use Google Analytics as much as, as they should. So uh, at Boomtime, for instance, you know, we educate constantly our customers um, on uh, how to, to read those numbers. And we generate, you know, we generate those numbers and we put them in front of them in a way that makes it very uh, easy to digest. Um, but there's a lot of education going on there. And, you um, uh, and actually, we only ha we also have to educate ourselves at boom time on the consistent because because Google Analytics is changing too, and yeah. to follow the trends of what's going on in digital marketing. Yeah, and I mean that's an important point because Google just at the at the end of was at the end of April changed, went to mobile first. Okay, so you know if you're um you know that that's my next question. I mean, we have all these different marketing channels, but of course everybody wants presence. Okay, mm -hmm. and Google Google is constantly changing their algorithms. Um, they just went to mobile first. I heard they're changing again in May. Um, and you know some of the studies from the Cinda organization showed that only thirty percent of the the SMBs understand what SEO is and have absolutely no idea, you know, half of them didn't know that Google was going mobile first. So how do you, how do you keep up to date with that? It's agencies like yourself that help people do that because it's constantly changing. Yeah, we, we do do a lot of that. We get a lot of questions about SEO. It's a very arcane and misunderstood uh, tactic uh, or uh, in digital marketing and and Google of course is making it even more more difficult <laughs> by changing their algorithms all the time um, and so you need to stay on top of that you, you need to you know and uh, the great part of that is that there are some very good um, tools out there that you know um, that are not necessarily uh, that uh, inexpensive, they're a little bit pricey, but they're really great, like SEMrush and Moz um, and, mm -hmm. and, and things like that. They can really, really help um, uh, companies navigate uh, those kind of uh, SEO uh, issues and, and changes. Um, but it's 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 very important. You know, we spend a lot of time for ourselves on, at Boomtime doing our own S -S -S SEO. We do it for our clients. Um, and SEO is not just about driving traffic to a website uh, or showing up in, in search results uh, on the on the first page of search results for uh, Google, but it's also, you know, we, we use SEO a lot for content. 
you know, uh, to try to find the right, uh, you know, topics of, of discussion for our clients, uh, finding the right keywords to put on their websites and uh, or for our, you know, uh, the copy on their websites and, and so on. So, um, again, uh, yeah, yeah, very complex world that cha- that changes very rapidly, but also very very critical. Yeah, and and it changed. And um, JP, I mean, we all saw we saw um, this whole push to digital um, with the pandemic. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. with with SMBs closing their doors and having to implement e-commerce, um, and enterprises, even enterprises and brands were not a hundred percent ready. Okay, so what would, what was the biggest th- change you saw when the pan- in digital marketing when the pandemic hit? Yeah, so for us, it was more, um, you know, because we specialize in the B2B space, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it was uh, tremendous. Uh, it was a tremendous amount of change. And uh, and really, um, and I talked a little bit about it at the beginning of, of, of the show, it's like suddenly uh, companies, that the type of companies that we work with, were not able to go to trade shows and conferences mm-hmm. and they're literally freaked out. Um, uh, you know, they're like, okay, what do we do now? How, how, how do we network? How do we generate leads? And um, and uh, thank God for LinkedIn and for other uh, digital marketing tools. So there was, there was a huge influx of people uh, going to digital marketing and needing people like us because they didn't have a lot of digital marketing experience. Um, and also, you know, um, so there is a, you know, there's been a uh, digital marketing, I think, has really picked up significantly. Um, and I, th- I think to, to me, almost the biggest change is, is been that, you know, rush in digital marketing from digital marketing companies and services to really understand how do you translate what used to happen in person in the physical world uh, for B2B companies to the Internet. Um, yeah. And so there's been a lot of, um, of products coming up, um, you know, tools uh, packages and th- things like that that are trying to tackle that um, that mm. uh, change. Yeah, and and you know I think we all, we've all come to the conclusion that you know we went through this change and the change is here. So as we go forward, um, even as we get that maybe some you know trade fairs will happen again. Um, what do you think that that the trends are going to look like going forward? <laughs> Yeah, I honestly think that a lot of these companies that, at least you know, looking at the smaller sample of the companies that we deal with, they learn so much during that transition from in-person uh, marketing and sales to digital marketing and sales that, you know, I, I, I think the the switch back to the, the uh, physical world is going to be pretty slow. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's not going to be full right it's not gonna be i think 100 percent of if you you know take 100 percent of what was going on in person before i don't think that all all of it's going to come back so i i I think that you know um b2b specific tools for digital marketing um are going to become are going to become um more more prevalent um and prominent and i think that you know automation uh for b2c companies um is you know uh is going to be is going to become more and more important. I think it's going to get better. It needs to get better uh, to a large extent. Um, and I think that, you know, um, the, uh, you, you know, all, all these companies that have been uh, thinking very hard about, you know, how do you connect the physical to the digital and, and back and forth um, are going to be, there's going to be more and more of these types of offerings uh, in the near, near future. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, um, you know, with that in mind, um, I, uh, one last word of advice for our listeners, if that's what the future is going to look like, what do you think they have to do? Um, they have to really get prepared, you know, and think and, and research and uh, and take the time to a little bit of time that you they probably don't have, but to really uh, think about you, you you know how this change is impacting your business, is impacting your your customers too, right, or your consumers, um, you know, and so it's uh, yeah, I think we're in the middle of a big uh, sea change in digital marketing, um, and uh, you know I. If, if you don't think about it and if you don't act on it and strategize for it, you're going to be left behind. Yeah. Well, 
Super great last words, JP, and um, really some great insights into marketing strategy. And for our listeners today, we have been talking with JP Clement, and JP is the CEO of Boomtime, and he has over 30 years of experience in marketing, digital strategy, and product management for companies ranging from startups to global brands such as Madison Square Garden, General Mills, D. DFS Group, Johnson & Johnson, and National Geographic. Now, JP has worked or helped companies in both B2C and B2B sectors and founded three digital strategy and marketing agencies after working for many years on the corporate side of marketing. And JP's passions are analytics, digital products, and creating the right strategy at the right time. And JP, we did hear how important those, those KPIs and those analytics are and uh if you just one more last sentence emphasize back that back to our listeners yes you know um again I, i'll you know it's the third time we've heard it but i repeat it if you can't measure it you cannot manage it it's really critical to look at your your analytics it gives you a very objective way of looking at your marketing and uh or any other type of strategy uh doesn't have to be just marketing um and um uh, a great way to see whether you're doing the right thing uh, at the right time for the right people. Yeah, great. And so remember those numbers. And if you'd like to learn more about Boomtime, please go to www.boomtime.com. Check out the website. And Boomtime is also on Facebook under Boomtime Online and under Twitter under Boomtime Online. And if you'd like to reach out to JP, go to LinkedIn and he's under JP Clement and that's C-L-E-M-E-N-T. And um, JP, I'm sure you, you're welcoming people to reach out to you. Or go oh, to yes, website. I do. Yeah, okay. we, we okay. educate a lot. Okay. Great. Yeah, super. And uh, you've been listening to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And we'd really invite you to send us questions and comments to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now, this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Cinda supports SMBs, SMEs, throughout Europe with digital, helping them meet people who can help them with digital strategies. And Cinda also holds virtual trainings, conferences, market research, and legislative white papers focused on digital. So if you'd like to be a member of Cinda or learn more about Cinda, please go to www.cinda.org for more information. Cinda is also planning at this time on holding a probably JP, a blended conference live in Berlin, okay, <laughs> online and uh, in October 2021. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Global Business Therapy and the Women's Leadership Academy 2021, which specializes in diversity and C-level development for women. And to learn more about that, please go to info at globalbusinesstherapy.com. Com. And with that, I invite everybody to please listen to us live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we are on every major podcast platform and you can listen to us on demand. And with that, I thank you again, JP, for joining us today. Great insights on marketing. Thanks for having me, Kimberly. Okay, and um, thank you, listeners, for listening to us today. And please tune in to us again next week. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.